everybody! Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is a full movie review of 1996 Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. I have back special guest who I believe it's her third time back, Heather. Yeah. Hi, Heather. Hi, Melissa. <laughs> Thanks for coming and talking with me over Skype. Yep. Gotta stay safe during times of COVID. The talking about vampires and titties must still go on. Yes. Yes, it must. We find a way. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit here about Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. I'm going to tell you guys all a little bit about it here. I have the Wikipedia article up for me. That's where I'm getting everything. If it's not correct, I don't know. I don't write Wikipedia. (laughs) I mean, you could. That's the point of Wikipedia. That's true. (laughs) But yeah, so this was directed by Gilbert Adler and written by Adler and A.L. Katz. It stars Dennis Miller, Erica Eleniak, Angie Everhart, Chris Sarandon, and Corey Feldman. The music is by Chris Boardman, cinematography Tom Priestley, the story is by Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, edited by Stephen Lovejoy, and the production company is Crypt Keeper Pictures. From a secret grave in a distant land, Hell's Madam has risen again. And now she's back in business at the Bordello of Blood. When customers go in... Evening, boys. This is deep. But they don't come out. Mr. Gutman, have you found my brother yet? He and a friend of his evidently went to a local brothel. Are you ready? Welcome to a new chapter in terror. At least now she'll know what's eating him. She is. <laughs> Lucy, I'm home. Let's party. I'm going to take you for a test ride. You know, you make it sound really enticing. From Universal Pictures. It's holy water, man. Dennis Miller. You are here. Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. Looking cool tonight, man. You must know Mickey Rourke, huh? Evil bites. Go for it! So, this movie is about a brothel of vampires, basically. It's supposed to be a continuation of Demon Knight, but it mostly is only because of the little demon key full of blood that they have. Everything else doesn't have anything to do with the movie, really but it was greenlit by Universal Pictures following Demon Knight, which was the year before in 1995 because it was so popular. And Demon Knight is, like for me, when I used to watch these movies, I always used to think Bordello of Blood was a little better. But now that I've seen both of them again as an adult, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no. (laughs) Demon Knight's really good. Bordello of Blood is still fun, but it's memorable. It's got a lot of fun one-liners, and but you can kind of tell some of the cast is not super into it like it is in Demon Knight. It's so much more campy in Demon Knight. Yeah. Filming took place for this movie in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, where the production was troubled by limited nighttime and continuity issues because Dennis Miller is a dick. (laughs) I don't know if you looked anything into this movie, but the main character, Dennis Miller, who I'm not a huge fan of to begin with, 
So his schedule was more important. So he got it moved around to where like instead of filming during the week and having the weekends off, people would have to come in during their weekend to help him film to work around his schedule. No one really liked him. He improvised the lines that didn't make any sense. Like I saw a small clip, like the documentary of this, and Corey Feldman, who was in it, said usually he makes friends with at least you know, some of the people on set to every movie he's in. Yeah. But he's like, this one, he's like, none of this, none of us are friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, because everybody's angry at the same person. Yeah. And they're all just like, let's just, I mean, I guess they all bonded by that. They're all like, let's just be mad at this guy. It's like, if you go in mad and everybody else is mad, then everybody's too mad to be friends. So this movie was released in North America on August 16th, 1996 and grossed $5.6 million, turning a profit from its $2.5 million budget. It generally received negative reviews from critics and fans of the series, but has since gained a fan base and is now considered a cult film. Hmm. Which I would consider it too. I, I still enjoyed it, but the main reason I enjoyed it personally uh, was Angie Everhart. Yeah. Lilith, the main vampire. If she was not in this movie, it would have been like, she carries this movie for me. And she's not even in it all that much. I did enjoy her parts, though. I felt that it, she should have been in it more. Yeah, but it has a pretty fun cast for this movie. Like I said, uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Dennis Miller, but he plays Raph Gutman. Then you got Erica Aliniak. Then you have Angie Everhart as Lilith, who is the evil vampire, who I really, really liked. First of all, she gets a great role. She gets to walk around being beautiful in these outfits and just like yeah. killing dudes and yeah. being a vampire. Then you got Chris Sarandon, who people would know from Fright Night. Oh my god, when he popped up, I was like, Humperdinck is in this, and he's a minister. <laughs> yeah, he was really fun too, Reverend J.C. Current. Corey Feldman is Caleb Verdot, who is like just like a punk guy who wants to get laid. Oh yeah, no, I saw it, and it was Mouth, and I was like, yep, he grew up. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey Morris was McCutcheon. Phil Fondacaro is in there as Vincent Prather. Juliet Ray as Tallulah, Ellie Gabay as Miguel, Matt Hill as Reggie, Eric Keenly side as Noonan, Robert Munich as Zeke, and then there's also cameos. Obviously, John Cassier is the voice of the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Then you have uh, William Sadler comes in as the Mummy. He's been in other episodes and in Demon Knight. And then Wolfie Goldberg pops in as a hospital patient, real quick. Random. Yeah. Well, she was in a, a rec uh, she was in an episode of Tales from the Crypt in season three okay so i think she was just like yeah i'll do it so she just pops <laughs> in so let's heather let's get into the plot so it starts out let me just pull my notes here off the back i have everything stapled together let's see okay so it starts out a group of treasure hunters led by vincent played by phil fondacaro are exploring a forest and find a cave which is obviously just a room to me, I thought the cave scene seemed kind of weird. The way they, because they like, what is it when you like bungee jump down? You go splunking? Yeah, but they like, they, the way they lowered themselves down, you can tell it was just like a room, like someone's room they turned into looking like a cave. Yeah. I mean, I understand Hollywood in 96 only has so much with the budget and everything, but yeah, it looked just like a room. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's like all dusty and then there's like a coffin and stuff. And so Vincent comes down and they're looking for the coffin of Lilith, who is the mother of all vampires, which Lilith is also, I believe, a bad chick in like Christianity 
from what little I know of Lilith, she was originally the first wife of Adam oh. and was made as equal to Adam and refused to, like, listen to his demands and God, which is why she was banished. And then that's when God made Eve so that she was made of Adam, not equal to Adam. Okay, so yeah, it's part of Jewish tradition, Jewish mythology. So yeah, so Lilith is the mother of all vampires. Vincent takes out this box, which is, it was kind of cool, the whole heart box. Yeah. It was neat. So like, you had to get all these like parts of her heart, and then when they put it together in this box, they all move and like form a heart. Yeah. And then you put it in her body, which is like all desiccated, like all like dried. She looks like a little, like a raisin. And then it revives her, right? Gross and awesome effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. And then I think they're supposed to be in Terra del Fuego. I was watching it with Mike and he was like, why is it so warm? Because they're like all sweating and stuff. Yeah. He's like, Terra del Fuego, I think is, because I was like, where is that? And he's like, I think it's at the southern, like down in South America. So I looked it up and it is, it should be a snowy tundra <laughs> where they're at. It's actually the opposite. So it's at the southernmost tip of South America. So oh, I was that's like, hilarious. At least in America, when we think of jungles, we think of Amazon forest. So yeah, anytime, I suppose. Anytime but all you had to jungles, do was do a quick little search through an encyclopedia. And... Yeah, although yeah, it would have, so... although it would have been cool had it would have been like in a snowy tundra that they were digging into to find her there. Like that would have also been appropriate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then she awakens and kills all the treasure hunters except for Vincent, played by Phil Fondacaro, and he calms her down, like makes her obey with the key from Demon Knight. So that's what that like circular blood key yeah. is. So he, well, he thinks he's got control over her. I don't really know what his plan is with her quite exactly. He just seems real excited to follow her around or have her do his bidding. I don't know. You know, I think he's excited that he was able to complete his mission and he's doing this, and the key is what controls her, because even though she's queen of the vampires, loosely she is a demon, you know? So, yeah. and even if he doesn't have power over it, he knows that he's safe. It's such a weird plot, though, for, like, a reverend to work with this guy and be like, we should put this magical heart together and bring back this evil power and have it work for us. Yeah. It'll be fine. Well, always, because they always do that in movies it, where they think that if you follow the dark side, the dark side would be like, great, cool, can't wait. And it's like, no. Well, it's also the idea of those who are being good, those who are seen as like leaders of the good and, and everything are actually deeply flawed. They have their own vices and everything, so they'll work with evil means to their end because they feel like they're in control of evil, even though they're not. But to them, they are yeah. in control of it. Therefore, they're doing the world of good. You know, they're Dumbledoring it. Effectively. I don't know what that means. Watch Harry Potter. <laughs> mm. I've only seen like two of the movies. Well, actually they're read fine. Harry Potter. The movies are okay, but read Harry Potter. Well, in it, Dumbledore does the whole like greater good and everything. But you can look at it through his machinations. Like there's no reason ever to leave a child in an abusive home. But that's what Dumbledore does for the first 10 years of Harry's life. And so it's speculated that he needed him to be pliant and rely on him and everything. So he like broke the kid's spirit to make him more malleable to what he wanted. 
And that, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it is. And the books aren't written that way, but it can definitely be construed as that way. These men who are seen as good, who have a following of good people and everything, they have this following because on the other side is evil that they can make even worse than what it appears they're doing for the good. So they're sort of hmm. manipulating everything. Well, all right. <laughs> so after after Lilith kills everybody except for Vincent, I think it cuts to the intro. And there's always like a Crypt Keeper intro in, in these, or at least there was in Demon Knight. Not sure about Ritual, I've never seen it, but that's the next movie. So William Sadler shows up as the mummy with the Crypt Keeper and they do like their intro and everything. It's not quite as bombastic as the one for Demon Knight, but it's still really fun. So Catherine, played by Elena... Elimniac. It's a hard last name. Her brother is Corey Feldman, so Caleb. And he's kind of like this punky guy who's like, whatever, you know, he's a lot different than her. She's like really religious and works at this church as like the secretary thing and, and helps with the reverence productions. Caleb wants to go out with his buddies. So he goes out to this bar, right? And he meets this guy named Jenkins, who I love Jenkins. The guy with all the liners, one-liners where he was like, you looking for sex? Yeah, the crazy guy. <laughs> he was up. cracking me up. Yeah, he was just like, just sitting there like eating raw meat at this dive bar, looking real rough and just be like, you guys looking for sex? And they're like, um, I mean, kind of, but sure. not from you. Like, <laughs> so he just sits there and he's just like so mad at everything all the time and all the scenes. And he's kind of like, I guess the brothel's, I think he does it on his own. Like, it's not like they sent him out to go find people, I don't think. I think he just likes to do it. He's been bitten and he wants to be fully turned. Oh, so that's he... true. I guess he's like uh, like a familiar or whatever. Yeah, like he's a... Um, in a way. Is it a shade? No, it's not a shade. What is it? A thrall. He's a thrall. Okay. Yeah, so he's like, I guess if he does good enough or grabs enough people, they'll turn him. Or at least that's what he's hoping. Yeah. That does not work out for him. But, no. uh... <laughs> yeah, so... Caleb and he's got like his two friends and they all have like pierced earrings and stuff, which is important for later, kind of. And so to him and his friend Reggie, the other guy's like, you know, I'm not really that interested. This guy seems really weird because it's <laughs> no just odd to be like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just odd to be like, yeah, let's follow this strange guy, this very aggressive strange guy in a bar to this other location. So they're like, hey, Jenkins is like, hey, there's this brothel hidden in this funeral home. And I mean, it's like, that's sexy, right? Well, I mean, that funeral suspicious. home, yes. That funeral home was beautiful. It was very pretty, yes. It was a very gorgeous, large, like, mansion-y Adams family type. Caleb and his friend Reggie go to this address, and there's a, the mortician there, McCutcheon, who's this, like, old dude, who seems to really enjoy his job. Yes. He is like, oh, yeah, come in, come in. I'm sorry, but there's gotta be, there's, I think there's, like, two separate ways into this brothel, because... There's the way when, like, you're screwed, and that's to go through with the coffin. So there's, like, this chute, like, yeah. this slide chute or whatever that you have to lay in this coffin, which is very inconvenient, especially if you're a large person. Go through this, like, it's supposed to look like you're going to get burned alive, but you don't. And then you end up into this room full of the women and other guys. But it's, like, some of those guys are large, and yeah, they all seem to be having a really good time. I don't think they all came through that coffin. Yeah. So what? either they have a secret password or something... Well, I almost felt like maybe some of the women go out and find their own to bring them in because the coffin kind of seems like a one-time use sort of thing. 
Yeah. It did it you know, if you've got a line of men, you ain't gonna just back and forth with that coffin. So yeah, I definitely think it's dependent on when you get there. Or maybe the coffin is kind of like a marker. Like if you come in on the coffin, then that's the one that's going to get... Because like the thing is, these women at this brothel are vampires. So they're going to kill you and they're going to eat you. There's always so many men in this brothel. So there's no way that they're killing and eating all these guys. Yeah. Well, every if, time. There are If they are killing that many men, obviously those men aren't from that town. Because if they eat that, men, if they eat that many men every night then obviously they have to be outsourcing because otherwise the town wouldn't have any men in it. Or keeping some of them alive. Yeah. To just come back. But it's like some of these guys, when they get into this brothel room, some of these guys are having a great time. They have like a collar leash thing on and they're like just in shorts running around like, woo, chasing these women. You know, at first Caleb and Reggie are like, we don't want to go down there. This is weird because they had to both get in the coffin together and all this. And, but... The mortician forces them at gunpoint. So they get into the coffin. They're like, fine. Nice place. I got about 10,000 termites holding hands here. <laughs> I hope the boys are ready to have fun. Just the thought of all that naked flesh waiting for you. Oh, I join you myself that somebody has to wash the door. Been so busy tonight. Yeah. Looks like a packed house to me. Come on, boys, keep up, keep up. This guy's pretty fucking creepy. Oh my god. It's a necrophiliac's wet dream. Come on, boys. The girls are waiting. <laughs> girls. Come on, chop, chop. In you go. He wants to get in the coffin. Yeah. You're out of your mind, old man. Yeah. We were gonna take you up, but uh, thanks. We've changed <laughs> our minds. Changed your mind. I'm afraid this is the only way out. Come along, boys. Get with the program. The party is this way. You heard the man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come, come. Really? I insist. No, I insist. Oh, man. I don't like this. Man, I must really be horny. Fuck. Handsome couple you make. <laughs> Don't. They get down there, they meet all the brothel chicks, and like I said, they're all vampires led by Lilith. So Reggie gets taken away by a woman, and they go into the bedroom to have sex. And what I think is weird is like, this is another reason why I don't think they kill all of them, because Lilith is very sloppy in her killing. So the one chick gets the guy warmed up, right? And like, they don't even do anything. And half the time, they don't do anything with these guys before they kill him. And then Lilith comes in, and she's like, hey, what's up? And then... She walks in and the guy's like, two chicks, all right, cool, you know. And yeah. so then she goes to kiss him and then Lilith like takes her tongue and like sticks it down his throat. And does her tongue push the heart out? I can't quite remember, but... I, I think it's a tongue. I think it's the tongue. Yeah, it definitely... Because you just see like his throat bulge. Yeah. 
It seems very uncomfortable. And so it goes through his his throat and out his chest and then like has his heart with her tongue. And then she takes the heart and like takes a bite out of it or whatever. And like, that's how she kills you. Yeah. And then she like leaves the body, I guess, for the other vampires to eat or whatever. Yeah. That's how she kills him. So it's like, there, there's no coming back from that. Like there are other vampires that they have left around like Jenkins and stuff. But it's like, if she's going to take you out, I mean, she immediately does it and then just leaves. And I'm like, how many of these dudes are she tongue killing yeah every night like it's just crazy and i believe the chick that he was with in this one did she have three nipples yes yes i have a note here that says three nips pierced uh i do yeah i believe the one the first vampire that like took reggie in the room like she took her shirt off and he was like oh like three and then like all three of them were pierced i wouldn't say it was her that had it if she wasn't the one that had it we at least saw her in the first scene where it had all the vampires in that room Like, she was obviously seen, because I remember thinking about the three nipples. So, yeah. I mean, that was like her, that was her special thing. Yeah. You gotta have a gimmick, you know? Yep. So, Reggie dies. Caleb is stuck in the brothel. So then, Catherine can't find her brother. She's like, I don't know where Caleb went. Police can't find him. Raph Gutman, who is played by Dennis Miller, just shows up. Like, she doesn't decide to hire him until he shows up. Like, he hears about her problem. Yeah, he's like, he, like... gives her a card. He's, like, sitting in the police station. Like, he's yeah. waiting. So he's stalking the police station to try to find clients. I mean, it's not a bad idea, but he's just so skeezy the way he's... Yeah. Like, you know, I hear how the police can't find your brother. That's... I mean, I could help you out if you want. It's, like, it's almost kind of like he's hitting on her, too. Well, yeah. At and the that's, same time. That's definitely one of the reasons that she's so hesitant about him is because anything that he's saying to her is like a come on and she's just not into it. Yeah. But she decides to follow him to his office and his office is like right next door. They just leave and go into like this small little warehouse building right next door. So this is like his main hunting ground. And so they go in there and they're talking and he's just got like a bunch of old records and posters and things and then there's like a small little desk and, and stuff and he's like checking out her legs and stuff and it's like she is kind of upset looking for her brother. Maybe pull it back a little bit. Yeah. And so he offers, yeah, he offers to help her and he wants $150 a day, but since either he likes her or he's trying to be generous because she was like $150 a day, he cuts it down to 75 a day plus expenses. He doesn't, I mean, I'd be like, are you going to find him in like three days? Because, like, yeah. I mean, especially with the 150, the 75 not so bad, but it's like, what's expenses? How well, much is expenses? <laughs> well, and that's the thing. The 150 a day didn't have expenses. So the yeah. 75 plus expenses, you're still going to be just gonna averaging be 150. 150 a day. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically the same. He's just a swindler. Yeah. So Raph tracks Caleb's trail. He starts following things around. He goes to the bar where Caleb's friends were at. And the one guy who didn't go was like, hey, yeah, they went to go to this funeral home or whatever to check it out. During the day, Raph goes over to the funeral home, but during the day, it just seems like a funeral home. So the mortician guy's like, hello. And he's like, no, we're not really open or anything. You can't come in. Yeah. So then he runs into Jenkins, Raph does, and Jenkins is like, you should come back at night. So he discovers, Raph discovers that the funeral home is a front for a corrupt organization run by the reverend so you got this reverend current played by chris sarandon and he's very charismatic and he's got a big production like at his church it's like a big old glass walls and ceilings and 
I mean, he's the guy, got camera set up. It. The guy plays an electric guitar, so yeah, <laughs> you know, like and it's just like fog machines. And... Yeah, he's. I don't even know if he knows how to play it or not, but it's obviously a prop to be like, look at how hip and new I am. Yeah, and then they're trying to like do this thing with a giant cross statue thing, getting the production down and rocking out. And he gets like real mad because things aren't working the way he wants. And so then Catherine comes by and she's she's the secretary and try to get everything fixed and everything. Um, yeah, so Raph finds out that the Reverend is behind all this. And then he, because I think he sneaks into the brothel or something. He goes into the brothel the first time. It's not even that he sneaks into the brothel. He's sneaking into the funeral home because he thinks that the brother is there. And then he finds his way into the brothel. He outsmart the BDSM vampire by tying her up and everything, which is hilarious, and <laughs> makes his way out. So then, of course, look. Oh, no, no, that's not yet. That's not yet. Isn't it? Okay, I'm, so I'm looking. Okay. So he, he discovers the funeral is a front, funeral home is a front. So he goes in the first time and it's just a funeral home. So he goes in a second time and he overhears Lilith interviewing a woman named Tamara. And then her Tamara screams and her body hits the floor. Oh, right. And so then yeah. on the th on the third visit, so I guess that was her like getting turned or whatever. I guess she followed the, she passed muster on the test of being a vampire. Yeah. Uh, even though she probably didn't know that she did. On his third visit, Raph comes into the brothel. They let him in. He doesn't sneak in this time. He is approached by Tamara, who is now a vampire. And then that's when uh, he tricks her and lets she she lets him strap her into this like torture rack. Yeah. And, like, he's not falling for it at all, which I was kind of surprised because he doesn't seem, like, super bright. But... Well, but it's not even that he's not super bright. It's he's a con, and he's a con man who knows when he's getting conned. I mean, look at how annoying and everything he was at the bar with the kids before, you know, when he's getting yeah. out the information about Corey Feldman's character. Like, he harassed those boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it was hilarious, but... Like, I'm surprised that he didn't get his ass kicked because he was coming on to them even and working them and everything. Like, every yeah, everywhere he went to question and everything, it definitely adds to the skis because it's not even that he's flirting with the blonde woman all the time. It's that he's that way to everybody. Like, that's just... I think he thinks it's charming. Yeah. Like, that's just his personality. <laughs> it's, it's no, it's not. And, like, because, I mean, even when he's interacting with the Reverend and everything, even though he's more protective of the woman against the Reverend, like, he's still an asshole. By the time he yeah. gets to the brothel where he's, like, outsmarting the vampire, that's just him running his mouth the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he's having fun. Yeah. At least for now. He doesn't quite realize what's going on. So yeah, he ends up tricking Tamara, who, I mean, she's just a beginner vampire. She doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And she gets strapped to a torture rack, and then he leaves her there, and then she's all mad. And then he starts investigating around, and he finds out that Jenkins, that familiar, has been killed and is in, uh, decapitated in a coffin. Yeah. And uh, it's also funny, like, Jenkins, besides eating, like, raw meat and asking people if they want to find sex... He's also, like, drinking Bloody Marys, I think. And he's wearing uh, suntan lotion with, like, SPF 120. Yeah, but that's what I mean. And all the stuff so he can he's... go outside. Yeah, because he, he's, like, a half vampire. Like, he's not full yeah. yet. So he's, he's, like, starting to gain the traits 
and he's like trying to deal with it while still trying to do his job like it's it's really sad for him yeah i think that might be the case with a lot of familiars at least like i've i've been watching i watch uh what we do in the shadows the tv series yeah and it's like the same thing like these familiars will wait decades before their vampires will turn them and by then they're like old if they turn them yeah it's not as glamorous as you think no because being a thrall you know it's like yeah you get all the half vampire things but you're still human like you're still aging Mm -hmm. and everything so yeah if like you said if they turn them it's not nearly as glamorous and it's like those poor people (laughs) (laughs) so when raf finds jenkins decapitated in the coffin he freaks out and runs off and he drops his wallet and lilith finds it and so she gets the address to this I guess he lives in this warehouse office. Yeah. Uh, this is the only building he owns. And so she comes by to say hello. Well, I was uh, going to say, throughout the entire she movie, gets... she's been, like, getting his scent. Yeah. She's tasted his blood, too. He, like, cut himself. Yeah. Like, she's been, something. She's so been she's like, into oh, him yeah. without <laughs> knowing. <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently he's got some real good blood or something. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I want to eat that one. So she's very interested. And so she comes to the office and it's funny because like she's trying to be seductive and he's still just like, there's a lot of great one-liners in this movie. Yeah. And it's just them doing this like back and forth thing and him figuring out that she's not exactly human. The name's Lilith. And you left this behind. It's not very nice to leave a girl hanging like that. Yeah, well, I'll have to uh, apologize next time I see her. I didn't mean her. I meant me. <laughs> you know, I saw you back at the house, and when I did, I knew you were special. I'll bet you say that to all the boys, don't you? Yeah, but with you, I mean it. Listen, uh, Lilith, I'm reasonably sure you're the type of woman who's never heard the expression half-cocked, but that is exactly what this gun is, and I swear to God, I'll use it. You wouldn't shoot these now would you go on you can touch them i'll let you you know i'm not gonna tell you those aren't the breasts of the century but i'm just not digging the owner so why don't you put those away you're just not my type so what is your type don't tell me let me guess two four six eight you can watch me masturbate getting warmer she tries to seduce him and then Catherine shows up to the office too while she's there and he's she's immediately like oh yeah he definitely didn't care anything about me if he's here yeah. with this woman and and lilith is kind of rubbing it in that she's being all seductive well and, um, and it's funny because she's being as seductive as like he would be seductive like without yeah without the other vampire women there to like fluff him up or whatnot like She's just as cringy about it as he is. Like I said, Catherine arrives and then Lilith takes off or whatever. And uh, Ref follows her and, and tells her about the brothel. So they go to alert the police. The police can't find anything as evidence. And so they just dismiss the case. Because, uh, I mean, everything looks like a funeral home during the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Then they go to like, they're at like the strip club, which is also like another front, I think, for the Reverend. Yeah. Like they say it's like, it's supposed to be like, I guess, helping these women get towards faith or whatever. But it's like, yeah. this Reverend's still showing up to this brothel with like sunglasses on. <laughs> and like a hat. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to help. Okay. So they go there and 
Catherine goes to the strip club too because she's trying to record. Yeah, she's some doing her. And docu- she confronts Lilith. She's trying to do her documentary. Yeah. Yes. So she confronts Lilith, and that's when like everything. Like, that's when Lilith, I think, is like, oh, is that the Reverend over there or whatever? Or, like, Catherine spots him and he's like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. And um, and then after the, the strip club thing, for some reason, Vincent gets upset and destroys the key and frees Lilith. Like, I'm not sure if that was a great idea. Well, because the Reverend abuses him so much and, like, everything's his fault, even when it's not. And Lilith convinces him that... As long as the Reverend holds this key, then he's in charge of everything. Whereas if the guy breaks the key, then, like, he's not beholden to him. Lilith's not beholden to him. Like, he can finally be destroyed. So she's basically lying, though, because it gives her so much more power when... I mean, it's not super apparent yet, but it's supposed to, like, release a whole lot lot of stuff. Yeah. When you break that key. So... He just, like, throws it up against the wall of the outside of the strip club, and it breaks. And the Reverend's like, no! And and Lilith is like, yay. So Lilith is free now from this key, and Catherine goes to look over the footage that she gets where she confronts uh, Lilith. And Lilith's not there. And, (laughs) yeah, she's not in the shot. (laughs) She's not on camera. She's just talking to nothing. And so now she's starting to think, like, well, maybe Raph is right. Maybe they are vampires. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So she's thinking Raph might be right, so she calls him. Caleb calls for help from the brothel and asks him to meet him at the power plant. Yeah. But, of course, when they arrive, Caleb's a vampire. So he has been turned, which is weird that he hasn't been killed. I don't think he was, like, killed-killed. I think he was bitten and, like, stored. And because the woman confronted Lilith like that, like, she obviously wants to get the woman out of the way because she wants Raph. Yeah, but I mean, that night that Caleb and Reggie went, why didn't they just put a tongue through Caleb as well? Because she saw, like, where the one guy at the beginning, like, obviously he's a follower, whereas Caleb is not a follower. He's a leader. Like, he... Uh, Yeah, so if Jenkins didn't work out, they could have gotten Caleb to work out as Jenkins. And so even though they could have used him as Jenkins... It presented better for this because this would get her out of the way and might entrap Rav. Yes, she really wants him. Yes, she does. So they are at this power plant. Caleb's a vampire. He starts like chasing them around or whatever. Raph and Catherine flee and Raph falls out a window and lands on the uh, police car. The vampires grab Catherine and take her back to the brothel. So when Raph wakes up, he's in a hospital. And Tamara, uh, the same one that he had tied to the torture rack shows up and she's pretending to be a nurse yeah ref exposes her to the sunlight and she dies she didn't explode i don't think it was just like a crinkly yeah she should have exploded it would have been much yeah i was kind of hoping it would (laughs) have like i don't i don't know she goes it's poof like i don't know if that's tales of the crypt pageantry i'm just expecting or the fact that any other time a vampire's been exposed in any other kind of media to light they always explode but I felt she should have had exploded. <laughs> yeah, she just kind of like burned. So she died. She really didn't get to be a vampire all that long. Uh, and while we're there too, there's also the Whoopi Goldberg cameo. She's in the bed next to him in the same room. And she's like, do you mind? I'm trying to heal yeah. or sleep, you know? <laughs> uh, and then back at the brothel, Catherine wakes up and she's, you know, asks her brother to free her and he won't because now he's Lilith's servant. Mm-hmm. And he really enjoys being a vampire. He's like, yeah, this is great. 
Lilith is gonna eat Catherine. And while all this is going on, like all the vampires and stuff are around, Raph loads up super soakers and fills them with holy water. Mm-hmm. And um, runs into the, the brothel, right? Gets into the brothel and raids it and just starts... Sh- it's kind of a fun scene, just shooting everyone with the super soakers. Oh, yeah. No, that whole scene. Everyone's fleeing. That whole scene is Because, like, are the, there's there's customers there, too, aren't there? Yeah. There? Or is it just the vampires? Because some, some of the guys facing the customers in the brothel were cracking me up. Some were just, like, giddy, like, chasing these vampire ladies around. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, if they... If they were there, they didn't stay there for long. Yeah. When did when did Raph so then, meet the minister? Because the minister was... It's about this time. Because the minister was part of that scene. Yeah, it was really weird. This part I didn't quite get because, like, so... So after all this, the minister, who is supposed to be this bad guy, he has like this change of heart where he realizes his error and he's like, what am I doing? This isn't godly and these women are vampires and they're evil. And it's like, I don't know if it's because now he doesn't have the power because the key broke. Yeah. Or he's just, I think he might just be scared. Shows up too to the brothel and uh, they kill Vincent and McCutcheon, the yeah. mortuary guy and phil fonacaro and then that's when he like meets up with current the reverend and they both take the super soakers and like start taking out all the vampires out and then that's when the reverend is like hey lilith's heart has to be removed from her body and cut into four pieces yeah and it's like of course it's got to be like this complicated thing because <laughs> you're like we can't just shoot her with a super soaker it's not going to do anything and so ref gives him a spare water gun and they go into the brothel and kill all the vampires and they spray Caleb and he he explodes. Yeah. So there's just a lot of that craziness stuff. And there's a lot of weird, like, corny one-liners, too, with that, you know, that you do right before you shoot someone. Yeah. They're having way too much fun. It's like, these are vampires. These are still va- vampires. Yeah. Like, the music's and, um, fun, the antics, yeah. the different shots, the, like, it, it's all great. <laughs> so then they finally find, they find Lilith. She kills the Reverend and takes off because Raph tries to attack her with an axe. Mm-hmm. So Raph grabs Catherine. They both leave the brothel. They head back to Current's church. They want to reveal the existence of vampires with the media equipment because it's like this whole production show and stuff they have. So they start like filming it and getting this like studio thing up because they want everyone to know what's going on with this church. Yeah. And Lilith shows up and she handcuffs Raph to this railing and starts attacking Catherine. And there's, like, this small, like, fight thing between her and Catherine. Lilith makes this claim, too, that she's never killed a woman before. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Because she was definitely planning on killing Catherine to begin, like, to begin with, but... Yeah. I mean, I guess because she was in the way. Since she's in the way to a man, maybe it's just, you know, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. So then they have this laser, for some reason, that, like, that, the, like, cross laser thing it's just like all this crazy stuff in this yeah church. well it's it's supposed it, to be because like the original production at the church was he was supposed to play his guitar and this laser was supposed to hit satan or something and stop him <laughs> and it was like this cross-shaped red laser that apparently had overpowered capabilities because that thing caught so many things on fire <laughs> Yeah, that's very unsafe to have in a mega church. Yeah. Just have this, like, giant laser that apparently anyone can use. Yeah. Um, Without even having to look at it. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raph's up there handcuffed to the railing. He uses the laser and hits Lilith right in the heart. And it cuts it into four parts, I guess, because it's in that cross shape. Yeah. 
It's like, how convenient, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that counts technically as a cross, like against vampires, but I don't know. I don't remember if there was any kind of cross paraphernalia vampire stuff, but that was a really... Yeah, but not that, really too much. Yeah, but that particular scene was really good in solidifying that as well as taking care of Lilith in the way that they set up. Mm-hmm. So... The pieces remain in her body, like, cut up, so she remains alive, and then she turns into this, like, hideous creature, mm-hmm. this, <laughs> this form, and attacks Raph. Catherine grabs this candle stand and stabs her in the heart, and her body burns and collapses to the ground. No explosion. I figure with her she would have exploded, but... Yeah. All right. <laughs> so she's got, like, she's all <laughs> she's all burned and stuff, and then they, they put the box with the heart pieces... In the, in the box, there's, like, a cross thing, and then you pick up the piece of the crosses, and then it kind of, like, molds the hearts together. It was mm-hmm. neat. Then, after this ended, part of me was like, oh, no, Raph and Catherine are going to end up together. Please don't let them end up together. Yeah. This is not good. I just, I don't feel anything going on here. She can find better. And they get outside in the car outside of the church, and they're sitting there, and he starts to like kind of like i guess like slide up his, her leg or like kind of hit on her kind of thing yeah and after all this and she's like super into it which should have signaled a bunch to us i know because <laughs> i was just like no please no and so he starts to pull back her skirt a little and you see that she had a pair of bite marks on her thigh mm-hmm. and then she turns and bites him in the neck and that's the end of the movie and i was like yes yeah <laughs> he like, got his comeuppance dang. for being an asshole I mean, even though now it doesn't mean that any of the any of this really did any good, and I doubt she'll put that production out for anyone to know about vampires, but I was still like, yes, I'll take this ending instead. This is better. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know. I kind of got the so. feeling that she would somehow continue the brothel, the bordello. I mean, yeah. I mean. Maybe, or maybe even just, I don't know. I feel like I would move after. Yeah. <laughs> to move to whatever vampires are left alive. Yeah. To somewhere else. Even that warehouse that Raph had. Yeah. Was it a warehouse or was it an old theater? It was just like an old, it was just like an old office building or something. Maybe it was a theater. It just was really dark and empty except for just all his clutter. And then there was just like a desk in the middle with a light. (laughs) He slept somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the end of the movie. I mean, I thought it was fun. Like I said, there's a lot of one, fun one-liners. I mean, honestly, yeah, if Angie Everhart, she did great as Lilith. I really enjoyed her in it. I think it would have been a lot more, hard, like, harder to watch without a decent Lilith in the movie. Yeah. Um, I just wish they could have found someone better than Dennis Miller. Yeah. To be like, I could, I could see this being remade maybe a little I mean, better. he definitely had some moments, because, like, whenever he started, he was an asshole. And mm-hmm. it seemed like he didn't care. It seemed he was in it for the fun. He was in it to flirt with the girl and everything. And, like, you get that sense all the way through. But by the time he's, like, meeting the reverend and showing up at the church and everything, like, he's actually starting to take this seriously, but nobody's taking him seriously, you know? So, I mean, yeah. there there was a little bit of redeeming there, but when he wasn't, like, actively working against the reverend, I felt that, yeah, he was just phoning it in. All in all, I mean, I thought it was a fun movie. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it was. It's no demon night, but it was still really fun. It was really, really fun. Like, even just them entering the bordello and everything was fun. The atmosphere of the bordello had a very best little whorehouse in Texas kind of feel with everybody with clothes off and them doing their own sort of bubble stuff. Costumes were fun. 
the situation. Yeah, I love Lilith's dresses. There's this like red one or something she wears when she comes down to meet Raph down these stairs. Yeah. That I thought was really good. I love the funeral home guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, at night he was just as crazy, but that little man He's put... He's so giddy. He's just like... He so is. Cute. But then he like puts his foot down because like when Raph tries to come in during the day he's like no go away I don't know what you're talking about you're wrong or like whenever he's trying to find Raph when Raph is hidden in the funeral home because then yeah you know he's like looking around and he's like super suspicious and whatnot like I don't know he was just he was really fun I thought yeah there's a lot of like fun supporting characters in this yeah all in all I mean it was fun for people out there if you haven't seen it check it out it's fun if anything there's like I said, vampires and titties. So yeah. So here's a little bit extra information about the movie. Um, so after the commercial success of Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight in 1995, Universal Pictures greenlit more two more Tales films, like I was saying in the beginning. Um, so the original second one was Dead Easy, which was also known as Fat Tuesday. And that was a zombie film set in New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, but they never made it past screenwriting stage because it was too horror-based and lacked the humor that they normally wanted for Tales from the Crypt movies. Mm. Also considered From Dusk Till Dawn or The Frighteners to do as a possible Tales from the Crypt movie. But then during this, Robert Zemeckis was offered a contract with DreamWorks and considering leaving Universal. To appease him with staying into staying with the studio, it was agreed that a revised Bordello of Blood be produced as a second Tales film. And then I guess it went on to do Ritual. Everhart was introduced by Sylvester Stallone, who offered her to play the part. And... Miller, who did not want to make the movie, said he would play the lead for $1 million, but Universal refused to put up the salary, so Silver cut $750,000 from the special effects budget to hire him. I don't know why. Yeah! I mean, don't get me wrong. Was, it, was he such a great get? I was like, don't get me wrong. The effects were great. There's but an extra 750000 would have been nice. Well, yeah, but the effects didn't suffer. Like, it still had that kitschy... Tales of the Crypt kind of like feel to it anyway but yeah why cut that and get this guy that like unless I guess in 1996 Dennis Miller was a really big deal I don't know I was a kid then so yeah I had known about him I knew he had a, a talk show but I didn't think a whole lot of people cared for him really I mean yeah. he has some kind of like I mean interesting he, takes on stuff that people get worked up he definitely had that like skeezy feel and attitude and look and everything where he wasn't some handsome charmer Otherwise, yeah, like you said, what what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, if, if they're going to be willing to pay what you wanted, then maybe learn your lines. Yeah. Because, like, he just shows up half the time doing improv. You know, he's obviously demanding the match because he doesn't want to do it. And then when you bring him in and he's half-assed doing it, you yeah. know, you, you should have just been like, no, we'll get someone else. I mean, they could have found anyone, really. Yeah. <laughs> at that time, probably. Um, and it wouldn't so... have costed them a million dollars. Yeah. So the chick who played Catherine, the woman who played her, uh, her manager told production that she would not travel to the set unless significant portions of the script that she found unacceptable were rewritten. They had originally made Catherine, the secretary of the church and stuff, to be a former pornographic film star. And she was like, nah, I don't really want to play that because she had left, she was on Baywatch and Uh... she left that because she wanted to be taken seriously as an actress. Yeah. And that wouldn't really be going the right direction. However, she disputes that this fact or whatever, this idea, because her argument with the producers was due to Joe Silver wanting to add a quote-unquote sexy scene between her and Angie Everhart, 
which maybe that explains why there's a bite mark on her thigh. I was going to say, um. like, that was already heavily <laughs> implied, and I liked that it was heavily implied. I like that the whole porn star past was written out. Made yeah. the change of her after being bitten by Lilith and becoming more, not promiscuous, but I guess just more confident in herself as a woman. And everything yeah, like... Yeah, it was it, nice it, to have her be a little more innocent and more... Exactly. Like, you, you got... Doing all that. By having her that innocent after she was bitten, that change was really evident. Not so evident mm -hmm. that it was like obvious but it was enough that we were able to know that something happened and had there been yeah, i think that's why i like the ending a little better yeah i was like yeah cool she did like a 180 yeah ha i feel had she had the porn star background starting from the beginning people wouldn't have taken her as seriously both because of how people thought of women in the 90s because i mean even the way people think about women today you know if there's any kind of promiscuity about them then obviously they deserve it or whatnot for her being the shiny beacon and really really believing in the church when the reverend didn't even believe in the church like that was really commendable for her Mm -hmm. You know, I felt that as an actress, she really understood her character and she did everything to not only for her as an actress to be taken seriously, but her character to be taken seriously. And I think she did the right thing. I also liked that the that her and the reverend, it was more of more of a business relationship. I mean, I was that there wasn't anything really. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe he wanted to, but like, gonna... it didn't see, she never like went. I was going to say, like. She was clearly... I mean, she admired him. I was going to say, she, if there, like, she clearly admired him. There may have been some infatuation, but it was innocent infatuation. Mm -hmm. You know, and he didn't take advantage of that, which is commendable for him, considering all the dirty stuff that he was in, as you found out throughout the movie. Yeah. Which is why Raph was so trying to turn her against him, was to protect her. You know, so I, I think that that worked out in their favor. Well, I think Raph also wanted her for himself. Well, he did, even when it got I to- I did kind of like how, how he was with the Reverend, like the kind of snarky comments he would make like under his breath and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like, even, even when he was like, fine, no chance is going to be between us, that's fine, but I'm here to save your brother. Like I said, by, by the time that he got where he was serious, regardless of how Catherine was- he was still doing stuff to protect her because he realized how innocent and stuff she was. I feel like that's one of the reasons why the ending was so good is because Raph had spent so much time actually getting to know her and actually to respect her and everything that by the time the ending happened and he thought, yes, it was worthwhile, she still was able to one-up him. Yeah, there was a little bit more, too, with the um, Catherine's supposed backstory that they were wanting to do. She also was, the actress was disappointed uh, that with the rewrites and stuff, Elena expressed disappointment that due to rewrites, the backstory of Catherine having a past as a 300-pound ex-porn star named Chubby O'Toole was removed from the film. She later recalled that she wore special makeup effects that were created for a brief scene in which Catherine discovers, because she finds this chubby O'Toole poster in Raph's office. Yeah. When she's, like, looking through it. And, like, he makes a comment, I think, of her looking familiar or seeming familiar. And I think it's because he knew her as, like, a past porn star. Mm. But then they didn't go through with it. 
so it's weird that she's like disappointed that it was removed from the film, but then she also didn't want to be, I guess she just didn't want to do the sexy scene. She didn't mind if she was a past porn star. Hmm. She just didn't want to do the scene with Angie or whatever. So, Which is a comfort yeah, a, thing, so I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. And especially if she's trying to be more of a serious actress, maybe she wants to yeah. be taken more serious and things like that. Being a plus-size person, I feel because it was in 96, you know, it was made in 96, I feel had they gone through with the plus-size porn star bit, I would have been hella offended. <laughs> not, <laughs> not because she's a plus-size porn star, but because of the attitude of plus size people in 96, mm-hmm. you know, because like you said, we were kids. So growing up, having to deal with fat shaming and plus size issues and everything growing up, seeing it, especially done Tales of the Crypt, I feel it would have been over the top and ridiculous, which would have been actually really offensive. For her sake, her deciding not to do a sexy scene with another woman was able to cut that out. I think that is so much more commendable just because it was able to sacrifice something that might have backlashed the movie even more. Well, and also kind of pull it. I mean, it's supposed to be about vampires and yeah, like the key and stuff. Like it doesn't need to be this whole Yeah, it would have I think it would have made it definitely. They would have gone the comedic route probably for it. Yeah. So. But like I said, comedy in 96 in terms of fat people was not kind at all. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> I just... Well, there also was a, a pretty fun soundtrack for the movie, too. Oh, yeah. No, the soundtrack, the whole thing was hilarious. Like, it was all good. Yeah. Bands like Anthrax, Thin Lizzy, Scorpion, Cinderella, a lot of fun, like, metal heavy metal glam type music which was fun oh yeah um but yeah that's uh pretty much it do you have any last thoughts for the movie i highly recommend it me and my husband sat down and watched it together and it was like we were laughing all the way through it yeah yeah it's definitely fun i think both of the movies i think so far i've done four movies and they all have their moments definitely check out bordello of blood but yeah that's uh that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for the movie review uh heather thank you so much for being on the podcast no problem thank you for having me yay yay (laughs) (laughs) and everyone thank you so much for listening and downloading this movie review you can follow the good evening kitties podcast on facebook there's also a twitter page at gek podcast or at gek podcast please leave a five-star review on itunes podcast republic or facebook and i will read it on the podcast again thank you all so much and have a good one bye heather say bye bye (laughs) i just had quite a